Thanks everyone for having me on tonight. It's a pleasure to be here to share um, some quick thoughts with you. Pleasure to be welcomed as a Queenslander. Considering the outcome of the state of origin, I know it's hard for some of the New South Wales players, but it's a pleasure to be here sharing the word of God. Hopefully um, there's something in tonight that you can get out of. So uh, just a few thoughts I want to share tonight. Um, a little title that I've written down is Following God's Will. Um, from the moment which we're spirit-filled and we've been baptised, we enter into a new um, stage in our life where we actually have to start learning to make God's decisions and not following our own heart or doing the things that we want to do. But from the moment which we receive the spirit, the flesh is always present and there's always those temptations there or things which can distract us from actually following the, the will of God or walking in the spirit. So tonight I just want to touch on a few of the key issues that we can have as spirit-filled people that can distract us from following the will of God. And to start with tonight, I thought I'd do something a bit different and actually share, share an anecdote. And this, this little um, story which I'm about to share actually brought about some of the thoughts which I want to share tonight. So for those who don't know, um, I work in a pharmacy just up here in Queensland. And one particular afternoon, two people came in, one after the other. And the first man came in and he walks up and he was after some jelly beans, but he only wanted a bag of orange jelly beans. He didn't want a full packet of all the colours. He definitely didn't want the packet of black jelly beans. Who does? He just wanted this packet of orange jelly beans and he got really worked up over it and he ended up just leaving because we didn't have this packet of just orange jelly beans. Anyway, uh, while he was there um, saying a few things, a, a woman walks up behind him and she's waiting in line. He um, takes off and then she comes up and her one of her doctor friends has written a script for her for a particular medication that's got five needles in it. The medication itself was over $300 and she wanted to know because she didn't want to pay the full cost. She wanted to know if she could just get one of the needles to give it a go. She wasn't quite keen on fully committing to it and it ended up what's on, what's on a script is what you get. We can't meddle too much with them. So she ended up leaving disappointed as well. And I, I went away thinking about the two different people, realising they actually both had the same problem. And it's a problem that we can actually have in our walk with the Lord, and, I, and that's how I come to the talk tonight. Um, they both wanted just a part of what was a whole. And when it comes to our walk in the Lord, sometimes like the jelly bean man, there are parts that we just, it's the only part that we want to have in this relationship with God and we want to ignore the rest, whether it's we really enjoy fellowship or the choruses or blessings. There are certain aspects or outcomes in our relationship with, uh, with God that we really enjoy and there are some parts which are a bit trickier that we have to overcome, which we don't always want to be part of our walk. Or if it's like the second lady, there was a cost involved which was too great for her and she couldn't actually bring herself to pay that cost and I liken that to, I guess, spiritual responsibility for actually having to put God's will and following him over our personal fleshly life, as our sister testified. And a gem for me as well growing up in fellowship is just being able to put things to prayer and actually having God's outcome in situations as such a huge blessing. So if you'd like to turn to Ephesians 5 and from verse um, 15, I just want to talk about and bring about a bit of a clarity or a definition about what is the will of God or how do we follow what he's called us to do. So Ephesians 5 um, from verse 15 
and we'll read up to verse 21. In verse 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, meaning cautiously or with, uh, with prudence, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. To actually follow the will of God, we have to know what it is. And the more we spend time at fellowship, reading scriptures, being a part of God's uh, kingdom or family, we actually learn and start to put together the bigger picture of what it means to be a spirit-filled person, to actually grow and develop, to serve his people. And a few other examples. The other little um, point that I want to bring out, um, which is mentioned in verse 17 and 18, is actually not to have any dissipation or not to have any separation of mind. When it comes to serving God, we actually have to commit 100%. We can't both walk in the flesh and in the spirit, but you have to have the mentality or the understanding that you commit yourself to Lord 100%. If you're following your own will or your own plan for your life, you can't follow God's as well. And just these thoughts here brought out about following the will of God, you have to do it actually knowing what God has called us to do, but also to not be walking in the flesh or to be of two minds. It's not always an easy thing that we've been called to do, whether we're new in the Lord, you may be in a middle section or you're towards the end of um, your time here on earth. A lot of problems can rise up and actually cause stumbling blocks for us. And I want to look at a scripture of someone who came to a point in their relationship with God and it was Jesus. And he actually said, Lord, and we'll read it in um, Matthew 26. He was in this situation where um, the circumstance he was going through or what the Lord had called him to do became too much for him. And this was, I guess, the mentality which Jesus had, but we can have also when it comes to trying to follow God's will or to walk in the spirit when things get really tricky. So Matthew 26 uh, from verse 36 up to 39, we'll read. I said, And Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And this particular point is what I want to bring out in verse 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And for Jesus here, and like um, our sister shared in her testimony tonight, I'm sure many of us have had moments where we reach that breaking point and we just don't know what to do and we feel like the circumstance is too much, we feel overwhelmed. Jesus got there too. And there's a lot of other examples of people I could have mentioned, um, Moses or Abraham or David, who got to um, positions in their relationship with God 
where their circumstance became too much and they, they slipped up or they did the wrong thing. But here's Jesus as a perfect example of someone who, who felt overcome by everything, but he still was willing and looked to follow the Lord's will. And I just want to make a reference um, in John 16, verse 33. It said, Jesus says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. One of the most incredible things that we have as spirit-filled people when it comes to getting through these difficult situations is that it's not through our own strength or our own cost because Jesus had already paid the cost. Unlike the lady who came in with the too expensive medication, she couldn't bear herself to make that cost for us. We've actually already had that cost paid and that was Jesus' sacrifice. And we actually have the ability through the spirit to overcome these problems that we have in the world. It's God's strength which gets us through these hardships. A few more scriptures that I'll quickly look at tonight before my 10 minutes is up, which might already be. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and from verse 20. And this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church just before he um, talks about the spiritual gifts and love and a few things which he defines really well. He's just trying to get the people to understand what it means to actually be one body or one fellowship or one people. And he gives um, a bit of an insight here into, I guess, a hierarchy of who the people are in the church and what's the most necessary person to serve. And I'll just read uh, from verse 20. It said, but now indeed there are many members yet one body and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, on these we bestow greater honour. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honour to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honoured, all the members rejoice with it. It can be very easy to find particular parts of fellowship which we like and that we cling to. And that we, I guess we can get very fixated on certain parts, like the man with the orange jelly beans, he just wanted one part that was good and he didn't want the rest of it. What Paul is bringing out in thought in this letter here, it's the things which we have to do in our walk in relationship with God, whether it's learning to use the spiritual gifts, whether it's for praying for one another, whether it's actually doing prayers and fasts. And I can give a few uh, more examples, but it's the things that we have to do, the things which are difficult, the things which are unappealing, which are most necessary for us to actually overcome and grow and develop in the spirit and follow the will of God. When it comes to actually serving God's people, if there weren't people within the church who needed serving and loving, there wouldn't actually be a church because that's the whole purpose and I guess function of who we are as spirit-filled people is that we're called as the second greatest commandment is actually to love our neighbour, which is both the people, whether it be the pastor or the house leaders or anyone in the church who's spiritually struggling, this love that we have is unconditional. 
and partial to no one. We have to learn as, as a part of following God's will and as a spirit-filled person to actually learn to serve all the people in the church. Final scripture, I'll quickly um, turn to James 4 and from verse 13. I feel like what our sister shared in testimony tonight um, sums up really well just about every scripture which I'm reading tonight. She could have just done the talk. <laughs> James 4 and from verse 13. says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we shall go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapour that appears for a little time, then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And just like our sister said in testimony, the biggest blessing she has is that she doesn't actually have to make decisions. We can put things to prayer in the Lord. And I guess the easiest way for us to follow the will of the Lord or to walk in the spirit is to build our life around fellowship and not actually to build fellowship around our life. When God's a priority in our life and fellowship's first and we're seeking the kingdom of God first, it's God's promise that everything else will be added unto us. I guess unlike the um, the two people in the anecdote, neither of them actually left with what they came for, but it's God's plan for all of us to actually follow him and to actually reach and acquire that eternal life both for ourselves and for our brothers and sisters. Those are just the thoughts I thought I'd share with you tonight. Amen.